What's going on, everybody? It is the Couch Guy, Conlon Farrell, formerly the Tony Bruno Show. My boy Aaron Levinson with me, Moondog Locks. We're offering you a sneak peek of our brand new podcast, Fifth Year Beers. Yep, this sneak peek, we're going to give you a little couple sports bets for the weekend with the NFL games coming up week one. Take a quick listen, and we will be back next week with the full episode one, breaking down all the games, all the action, anything that happened crazy over the weekend, bar stories, bar fights, whatever it is. It is Fifth Year Beers. Here we go. Thank you for that introduction. Couch Guy, Moondog, breaking down the NFL Week 1. Yes, it's finally here. Football's back. A sense of normalcy has returned because we got a full slate of games coming up Week 1. I mean, how are you feeling, man? I mean, like this is this feel, must feel like Christmas to you. I mean, it's Week 1. I feel like it's uh, Christmas to everyone, but it's like a Christmas landing in the middle of uh, you know this, uh, July or something. You know, It's Christmas in July. That's what it feels like. Because like got we don't deserve going it. On. Yeah, we don't deserve it. Yeah, we don't I mean, deserve it, but we're gonna we're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna celebrate it anyway. Um, I I looking at the slates. I, like I said before, uh, I think a lot of the lines are pretty pretty accurate. There are a few though that I see value in. Uh, but let me hear you first. All right. So we we took a long look at this slate the past couple of days. And there are some that you th- jump at you like, ooh, that's a trap game. I don't know. That seems like a lot of points. But I'm going to offer my first pick, that being the Jacksonville Jaguars and then the Indianapolis Colts down in Jacksonville. Okay, so that over-under right now is at 45. The first play, the first pick you're going to hear on fifth-year beers coming from the Cows guy is the under in that game. And here's why. Last year, the Jacksonville Jaguars ranked ninth in sacks, but that included Yannick Ngakwe, who is no longer there, obviously now at Minnesota Viking, and Clayus Campbell, also no longer there. He is now part of the Baltimore Ravens pass attack, pass rush rather. Um, that number, and obviously it's well documented how strong the Indianapolis Colts offensive line is with you know Anthony Costanzo and Quentin Nelson, two monsters down there in the trenches for the Colts. And you bring in a guy like Philip Rivers, obviously coming into Indianapolis after years as a San Diego Charger or Los Angeles Charger for his last couple. You bring him into a new offense where he doesn't have a ton of weapons on the outside. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton has flashes, but he's been plagued by injury recent years. Um, you know I mean, you got, you got guys that just, you don't really know what they're going to do. So, I say they keep it on the ground. They run Marlon Mack, who's proven to be a strong back. And they also got Jonathan Taylor, the rookie out of Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, who's really, he's carried the ball more in college football in the past four years than anyone. So it's like, I see this game as somebody that they really put it on the ground. They go ground and pound. And then you look at the other side of the ball with the Jacksonville Jaguars offense. Gardner Minshew, obviously under center for the full season this year. He's got the nod. They have... DJ Chark, who's an above-average outside weapon. But after that, it really falls off. D.D. Westbrook, I guess, is their number two. You look at that game, I just think 45. You think, wow, that's a low number. I don't think it's low enough. So I'm going to shoot 
Jaguars, Colts, under 45 this Sunday. I do like that pick. Looking at value-wise, I <clears throat> one game really uh, stuck out to me was the Broncos-Titans game. So last year we saw the Tennessee Titans um, go further than most people would expect uh, with a combination of um, Mike, v- Mike Vrabel, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill. And it, it felt like they kind of covered each area, and there was like a, there was a star, even at the coaching position. And what, what, what I'm saying this year is that sometimes that doesn't always turn over in the offseason. And looking at the Broncos, they just got Drew Locke. He's, st- he's starting quarterback this year. And, and they're running backs. I feel like people aren't talking about the running attack of Denver. Well, they yeah, have, they get add Melvin Gordon. They add Melvin Gordon, back. Phillip Lindsay, and they even have Royce Freeman back there. Yeah. And looking over their receivers, they don't have, you know, a star guy. Maybe Cortland Sutton, but he, he's not – he's questionable. For I mean, the but they bring injury. in – think about it. You get Jerry Judy from Alabama, the rookie from Alabama, comes in, and it's like this guy runs pristine routes – He's an excellent route runner. He's always open. And for a quarterback, like you said, Drew Locke, who's young, you need guys that have separation. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not all about the guys that's a deep threat. It's like Jerry Judy, obviously he's a burner, but he's not the guy that's going to, you know, take the top off the defense. What he will do is he'll catch passes in that 10 to 12 to 15-yard range that keep the sticks moving. And with a, like, Offense like that, with a lot of young pieces, it's important for confidence to gain a couple first downs each drive, even if you don't score. That's you know why I, mean? I like. That's why I like the Broncos a lot too. Uh, they have young pieces, but they also have a strong core with with their running backs. And Drew Locke has a lot of potential in front of him. So, so what's your pick? So my picks: Broncos plus three. I was gonna lay, you know, some plus money on the on the money line, but I think it's week one. Let me just, you know, stay within myself. Broncos plus three, lock it up. Lock it up, lock it in. All right. Next game that we like, or that I like, I should say, is them Miami Dolphins traveling up to Foxborough to see Bill and the boys. I love this pick, and I love this plus money. Again, I could be dead wrong. I may be wrong, but I doubt it. But here's the deal. So the Finns go up to New England, where last year, if you recall, in Week 17, they win a tight one, 27-24. You can say, couch guy, that doesn't mean anything. The Patriots are already in the playoffs. They're resting, guys. Maybe true. But the Patriots also still had Tom Brady on that football team. Tom Brady was in that game. He went 16 for 29 for 221 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Week 1 Dolphins starter for this year, Ryan Fitzpatrick, also played in that game. And you know Fitzpatrick, the gunslinger out of Harvard, the journeyman in the NFL, played for so many different teams. I mean, he should start selling off his jerseys. You know what I mean? Because he's got one for you, you need a jersey, you can find a Ryan Fitzpatrick jersey for any of your teams. All right, he was 28 for 40, 28 of 41 with 320 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. The Patriots did not rest all their players. And this year, with guys opting out on that Patriots defense, and certainly the impact of Cam Newton coming in, to New England in his first career start, it's going to be a lot different. Obviously, Brady and Belichick have been together for over 20 years. They've built a rapport, and obviously people say, oh, well, they butted heads, but they butted heads and they won championships. So. Well, I think this game has a lot of question marks, too. Everyone's looking at Cam Newton, obviously, what, what he's going to do and what he's not going to do. And really, the question mark, the biggest question mark, like you said, is 
there's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, but what about Bill Belichick by himself with a new quarterback that has all the tools, is a weapon? What can he do? Can he be malleable enough to create an offense that looks similar to what he created for the past decade? Yeah, I mean, and with that is two. Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins, had really these guys who were pegged to be the worst team in the league last year, and they weren't the worst team in the league. They they were finished five and eleven. They got Tua Tagovailoa, who is going to be an elite NFL quarterback, but he's just not there yet, which is fine. He's going to sit on, under Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's going to learn the offense, learn the system, and I think he's going to have a great career. But again, guy a guy like Brian Flores who can get players who were pegged to be the worst team in the league prior to the season and get them to buy into five wins, that's a successful coaching job. It's a good year. And I'm telling you, he's going to have these guys ready to play, and he's going to be able to look at this game last year in Week 17, December 29th, and say, we can beat these guys. They don't even have Tom Brady this year. We all know Cam Newton's a little bit more of a gunslinger than Tom. He certainly is more mobile. But at the end of the day, you can tell me you pick Tom Brady versus Cam Newton. Tom Brady 10 out of 10 times. I agree. And I think that if we get away from looking at how the Patriots are going to be, because no one really knows right now. They're they're a completely different team uh, than we've seen before. I think we need to focus on who are the Dolphins. And like you said, they have a lot of new pieces. And it's funny how teams go through these periods of, you look at them, they're, they're garbage. And then there are these rebuilding phases. I'm not saying they're in a necessarily rebuilding phase, but they have all the pieces. They have talent. And they have a guy in Fitzpatrick who is kind of just like a an ego that you like to have on the team. He's a, he's he's a confident, confident guy. Yeah, he's big, he's big confident. You know, he doesn't have the elite talent, but in his mind, when he goes out there, he's a competitor and he's obviously obviously one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. Very he smart. Takes very smart. calculated risk. And he's like, and that's what you need to to do to beat a Bill Belichick defense. And then you have Tua sitting behind him, so which means that people already have put their money in the pot for the future. So right now they're looking at Tua and saying, hey, you're going to be our starting quarterback, but let's iron out some wrinkles before you, you hop in here first. Yep, so that's my pick. I'm taking the Miami Dolphins at plus 260 Land on the money plus line. Plus money. Plus money. I'm picking the Dolphins outright. Dolphins win week one. They beat the New England Patriots. What else you got? You got one more? So I have one more, and I think that we've, we talked about this before the show, and uh, we both kind of like it. I want to hear your input, but my my big bet of the week, my moon lock of the decade. The moon Chargers lock of the minus decade. Three. Chargers. Chargers minus three. They're playing the in Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals at in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. We're looking at a new jer- Joe Burrow. The guy just put on the orange jersey. But can he perform? Another big question mark. Now, let's let's go back to LSU last year. Yep. You brought this point up that he was surrounded by some of the greatest talent ever in assembled. LSU history. Yep. He had a – the defense was stacked. His, his wide receivers, he could just spread out and pick and choose, pick apart the defense. Yep. Joe Burrow was the piece that brought it all together, mm-hmm. but he wasn't the piece that made it all work. Yeah. I think that he held, he was the glue that held it together, but he wasn't the the machine that LSU was. Without I'm I'm not saying Joe Burrow should be looked at any any lower than what he is, but I will say that if you threw a decent quarterback in that system, I think he would have performed if not just as well, if not better than Joe Burrow. I, so 
I tend to agree with you. You say, oh, well, I mean, he's got weapons on, on the Bengals' offense. Obviously, they just paid Joe Mixon, and he's been a proven commodity out of Oklahoma. But you look at A.J. Green, who's played, what, four games in the last four seasons, it seems like. You look at Tyler Boyd, another decent outside weapon. John Ross, obviously, has been a bust. He's a burner that seemingly can't catch the footballs, and that's pretty important if you play the wide receiver position in the NFL. So you, you say like guys like that, and again, it's a new system. It's Zach Taylor's second year in Cincinnati. He's moved on from Andy Dalton. Now it's like you gotta you got to work with this new number one pick, and there's a lot of pressure on you. And I'm not saying Joe Burrow can't handle the pressure, obviously just winning a national title. I think it's easier when every single person on your offensive side of the ball can play in the NFL and can probably play in the NFL at a pretty high level. And I also think that Joe Burrow is facing a different level of expectation. Uh, over in LSU, it was, you know, we expect you to win every game because you guys are that good. Now going into Cincinnati, people are looking at him and saying, we expect you to win at least half of the games. You know, we, we don't know how good you're going to be, but we just, we don't expect you to go undefeated. So I think the expectations are lowered. And I think that, Joe Burrow was feeding off of that energy, the energy from all the fans and all the people and the support system and his team that was doing so well. But going over to Cincinnati, you're looking at a team that I would say has a stigma around it. People look at the Bengals and they say, oh, the Bengals suck. You know, are they going to suck this year? Oh, no, they got Joe Burrow. Well, now there's a lot more weight on Joe Burrow's shoulders than he had over in LSU. And then getting you look at their opponent, the Los Angeles Chargers. Defensively, they're terrifying if you're a rookie quarterback making his first oh, yeah. start. You got Joey Bosa on one end of the line and then Melvin Ingram the third on the other. Who do you block and who do you prioritize as the threat? They're both excellent pass rushers. Now, obviously, the Chargers, they find themselves with a new face at quarterback in Tyrod Taylor after drafting Justin Herbert, the rookie out of Oregon, who will do similar to what Tua will do down there in Miami. He's going to sit behind Taylor learn the offense, and again, another proven veteran in Tyrod Taylor. He can win. He's never going to win you a Super Bowl, but he'll he'll win you enough games to get you probably into playoff contention, hopefully. Got guys like Austin Eckler in the backfield, and then Keenan Allen, Mike Williams split out wide. So that, that'll be something really to watch for, but I think what, what cashes this ticket for you, because I like this line as well, is the excellent pass rush that comes for the, from the Chargers D-line. Oh, absolutely, and that's, if you look at the over-under, it's set at 42.5, which the odds makers are, are saying this is going to be a defensive game. Yep. And whoever's defense shuts down the other offense obviously wins, but it's going to be a low-scoring game based on the odds makers. So looking at it, just like what you said, the Chargers defense is a scary thing, especially if you're a rookie quarterback. And you're in a team that hasn't necessarily put the pieces together yet. They've just acquired them. Yep. So I can argue that if, it, if we're looking at an over-under at 42-and-a-half, it says it's going to be a defensive game. Who's the better defense? L.A. Chargers. And you got to go with the Chargers, yep. Especially dropping minus three. This is an easy lock. Easy lock. This is a Drew lock. An easy lock from Boon Locks. A Drew lock. Lock that up. Rack that guy. All right. So, I mean, that pretty much does it. I will say we will get into this in the next episode for sure, which is we'll go back to the NBA. We'll go back to the hardwood and little do a little preview of – and breakdown of the Eastern Conference Finals, which is set the Boston Celtics, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, 
Daniel Tice, who looks like a guy at the JCC with the headband on. You're like, dude, just get off the court, man. It's Saturday. I mean, don't you have visitation hours with your kids or something? Like, dude, go, go do something else. I can't stand watching Daniel Tice. But that's neither here nor there. We'll get down that. Jimmy Butler, obviously in the Miami Heat. Great story out of the bubble. We'll do all that and more. But we're going to end this show on a final note. And that's with something to leave you with, something to think about. All right. Week one is Sunday. Sunday football. It's one of the happiest times of the year for football fans, for non-football fans. It's an excuse to go out and say, Sunday fun day. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. Listen, if you're at a Sunday fun day and you're at a bar, don't be this guy. And you know what guy I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the guy that waves his credit card three people over him to try to touch the wood on the bar to as if the bartender's going to say, oh, that guy's got an Amex. Let me take care of him first. Dude, enough. Everyone's got a credit card in their wallet. You're not special. Get your armpit off my head. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. And if you're going to do that, invest in some high quality. Don't wear speed stick. All right? We're, we're Old Spice. We're something that, you know what I mean? It's, it's in the double-digit price range when you're shopping in ShopRite. All right? So don't Muhammad Ali reach over me. It's like, dude, I understand you're buying green tee shots from Becky, the girl you met on Tinder last week, and this is your first group date out, so you're going to whip out the platinum? Fantastic, dude. Fantastic. I'm sure that's going to get you laid. But enough, because, again, I can smell you, and you smell like matzo ball soup. All right? Enough of that. So don't fly fish over me to the bar with your credit card and try to get a drink in front of me. If I have position in the block... I was a very good youth rebounder. I boxed people out. I could not score for a lick, but I could box people out and rebound. I will n- no problem doing that with you at a bar because you're fly fishing over me with your Amex. All right? All right, and that's going to wrap up the sneak peek of Fifth Year Beers. I'm Conlon Farrell, Couch Guy, with my boy Aaron Levinson, Moondog Locks. Check out next week for the full episode one as we review the full slate of NFL games that we previewed here. Here's break it all down so much more. Thanks so much. Fifth Year Beers coming at